Well, although one day uh, we may formalize his title, right now he is the de facto director of uh, spiritual and inspirational programming for the Nahum Siegel Network. I'm speaking about the world-renowned lecturer and the man of spirit and inspiration, Charlie Harari, who's with us live via telephone. Charlie, welcome to JM in the AM. Hi, Nachum. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, great to have you. And uh, you're one of the busiest people around. It's good that we were able to secure you and uh, discuss what's happening in this amazing world of ours here on this Wednesday morning. I, I would love to ask you your perspective. I'm sure many of our listeners would love to hear your perspective. On the last couple of weeks and the unity that was seen, the grief that was shared uh, in so many different stages by the collective Jewish heart, the international collective Jewish heart, as I've been calling it. Uh, what are your impressions about what seems to be an unprecedented familial reaction to what happened in Israel? You know, that's you're, you're hitting it right on, on the nail, and I think that one of the things that the Jewish community at large is grappling with right now, and this is why I'm so honored to be on your show now, because I've been fielding calls um, all day yesterday about sort of this one idea that is really troubling, I think, our people, which is this concept of prayer. You know, we got together, we, 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 we dealt with tragedy, and we deal with tragedy the way we're, we're, we're sort of commanded to deal with tragedy by praying and asking, um, and with all of that, it seems as if it was for naught, um, and we get the horrible news that these boys were actually killed, and so some of the things that I think uh, people are grappling with right now. I know that I've gotten this a couple of times just yesterday, with which is the question of, you know, do our prayers count? Um, and I think that's really on the minds of a lot of people today. Um, do our prayers count? Does it matter? I, I, I've been saying that the Hillam after Shul, we're looking at rallies. I mean, I was in Israel last week, and you can't even, there was no moment that, that the Kotel did not have between 50 and, you know, thousands of people at some point just praying and saying, just bring back the boys, and it looks like it was for, no, for nothing. Um, and, and I really think that it's, it's, it's worth us talking about a little bit today um, in terms of sort of what are we doing when we're praying and why didn't God answer us? Hmm. Um, so, and, and I think... No, go ahead, I'm sorry. And I, and I think that's really the question. And the question is, like, what happened? We, it, it, this should have been like a, a happy ending. Um, and, and in thinking about it, I really I think that you know we, we misconstrue prayer. And sometimes we speak about this all the time. Me and you know about um, Judaism and some of the principles that we have and some of the things that we do and how we mis we misperceive them. We misperceive Yom Kippur. We misperceive Rosh Hashanah. Even Tisha B'Av is this constant sort of, you know, collective, maybe small misperception in terms of the value of what we do. Um, and um, in many cases, prayer is that, is that way. I mean, we think that the way it works is that God does something, and then, like, it's our job to change his mind. Right. And so he took our boys, and, like, we, it's like, he's like, can you get any louder? And we start crying, and he's like, I don't know, should I give him back to you? And, yeah. Like, I, I just, like, I, yeah, I'm sorry for interrupting. I just think there's an added factor in this case. Like, normally, you know, like you just said, someone is, God forbid, ill, or we need something. So we pray, and I think many of us expect, you know, it'll be a yes or no, so to speak, and, you know, we're used to that type of give-and-take, uh, quote-unquote, with the one above. But in this case, I think it was another layer to it. It's not just that we're praying. 
look how together we are. Look how, you know, people who've never prayed in the last 10 years and people who pray three plus times a day, you know, are all on the same page, are all interrupting their day's activities, whether it be immersed in Torah or the opposite end, immersed in, in you know, in, in the mundane. And are completely unified in this effort. And I think that that added layer made it more frustrating for those that you're describing. Absolutely. And, and it, but it, 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 you're right. And it, but it all lines up with the question of we did stuff. Now we expect a result. Right. And the idea is that we still believe that we're going to change God's mind. Like there's something that we can do that's going to shift his mind. He was going to do this, but now he's going to do something different. And I think it's slightly off. And I think that we're close, but it's not there. And that small nuance is, is really where it's really the, the difference of everything, which is we never change God's mind. God knows what he's doing. He's, there's cheshbonos. There's stuff that we can't even like dream of that make him run the world the way he runs the world. What happens and where we come in is when we change ourselves. The goal of prayer the goal of tefillah, all the things that we do when we deal with crisis is not to change God's mind. It's to be, to, it's to not be shy. It's to not be, it's to be a different person along the way. It's like when someone gets sick and you add him a, a name. Right. You're saying to God, that he's a different person now. Wrong guy. Sorry. <laughs> guy X deserved right. this. But he's not Guy X, so you got the wrong guy. Let's, let's go back to zero. And I think that the goal of what we've been doing is not to change God, but it's to change ourselves. It's to say, we weren't the nation we were last week. We were a different nation. No, that nation deserved three boys getting kidnapped by murderers that were dressed in human bodies. No, 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 this is a different nation. You see, it's not, we're, not, we're not shy to it. And where we're frustrated is, I think that we're all in pain and grief, mm. and that's one layer of this. But there's another layer which is much more destructive, which is, a lack of confidence in the system, a lack of confidence in God, a lack of confusion and ambiguity, which is really more destructive than any grief we can ever experience. And I think it's because we don't fully appreciate what, and I think you're, 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 you're hitting it, we don't really appreciate what we've done and who we've become over the past week. You know, I have a friend of mine who, you know, it's a little bit of a side story, but it, but it plays in, who, whose sister was getting married, this is years ago, and he was way overweight, and his wife didn't said to him, under no circumstances am I walking down the aisle with you looking like that. So she literally put him on like a crazy diet for the six or whatever months before the wedding. And then, literally before the wedding, the wedding was called off. Mm. And he was commenting to me that all that was for nothing. <laughs> and I said, for nothing? He's like, I went to the gym, I didn't eat all my... I'm like, you lost all your weight. Like... You've, you, you've, you've changed as a human being. Okay, the result wasn't what you wanted. You wanted your obviously sister to get married. And since then, they Chas and Inkal have both gotten married to different people and they're living happily ever after. But his, my, my point to him was, you've changed. You're, you're not the same person. Don't go back to eating the way you eat. You have, you have an opportunity now through the grief, through the, through the upset to change. And that's something that I think us as a community need to fully appreciate. And I happen to have been in Israel last week. I was taking that tour, that 150-guy tour across the country. And i got to tell you, I've been to Israel. I was there for, since my bar mitzvah, I was there all, almost every other year, every year. I spent two years living there in, in yeshiva. I've been there a do- dozens of times. I had never in my life ever seen Israel this way. Ever. Never. 
ever, ever seen Israel this way. We were from going down to Masada and Engedi and dancing with the rest of Hasidim to going to Tzfat, to going to the Ravarlis Tish, to going to the commando bases. Name a type of Jew. It was a tour, so I had to go everywhere with them. Name a type of Jew. We saw them. And the level, and you mentioned this, and it's so true, the level of, let's put all of our politics aside and re- recognize that these are our boys. And even just the expression, bring back our boys, mm. necessitates the belief that they're our boys. Good point. They're, they're not the boys. Right. It, it, we didn't, it, you know, it's amazing. That's, that's how it should have been. It should have been bring back the boys. Like, right. bring back kids. Like, it's inappropriate. You don't steal, you don't kidnap kids. That's not what we said. We said bring back our boys. And what happened was we lost a lot of our weight. We lost our weight, the weight that has been bringing us down as a community, this divisiveness, this you look different, so you are differentness. This whole, like, we're not Shevet Achim Gamyachen anymore, we're just separate tribes that is keeping us stuck in the world of suffering and gullahs. It's like as if for a couple of days it went away. And it's, no one asked, like, are they yeshiva kids? Are they Hezder kids? Are they black hat kids? Are they religious kids? Like, you never, you never heard anyone ask that question of, like, well, I don't really like, you know, that's, I don't agree with their politics or their religion, so I don't really care if they come home. It was this enormous sense that, oh, my God, we really are family. That's, why, oh. I, that's why I say that among the more significant um, actions that took place was when these large international yeshivot, whether in Israel or here, stopped what they were doing in the middle of the day to have some type of, uh, of tefillah, to have some type of Tehillim rally. And I felt that that was just a, you know, again, as you just said, you know, we debate who are we, what are we, are you like me, are you not like me? And it seemed that even from, that from both sides of the spectrum, people couldn't care less, you know, about all those descriptions. They simply wanted to participate and do their job, do their role, have a role in hopefully bringing them home safely and, you know, hoping for a positive result. Oh, yeah. And you've just seen what the, you go to the streets of Mansharim. And they're, and they're, and they're davening for them. You go to the, the streets of Tel Aviv, and they're, they're davening for them. It's the, it was the craziest, most surreal week. You know, one of and our, even, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go. <laughs> no, I was going to say, one of our rabbi friends in Israel, uh, was in a, in an establishment in Meisharim, where they were collecting for the soldiers in Hebron. They were collecting stuff for the soldiers in Hebron. And he said you would never believe who came in here to drop stuff off. It, it, unprecedented. I mean, people who, who make their feelings about the state well known. And they walked in to make sure they participated in this campaign to help the soldiers who were going house to house in this sensitive operation. And I, absolutely. And it was felt from inch to inch in that whole country. And... What, you know, you know, there's a, you know, Shlomo Amelis says that, you know, man is born simple and we complicate things. <laughs> the Jewish people, it's, it's not that complicated. We're suffering because we can't get along. Like, we have a lot in between that which complicates and, and we get a little like off track. It's simple. We're suffering because of Gullahs. We're in Gullahs because of Sinasinum. Like, it's a very simple equation. Until we fix it, we're not out of here. Like, it's not going to end, even if we do everything right, until we fix this. This is the battle. This is the, the hill. And it feels as if, it almost eerily, it feels that like 
This came in Tama's right before we start this three weeks. It's like this, this weird time of year where God is reminding us, guys, like, get it together. Mm-hmm. Get it together enough. You are one family. This doesn't have to happen to you people. Like, you don't have to be suffering anymore. And my, my sense from all of this is that if we walk away from this experience saying, we tried and we failed, we've missed it. We've missed it. The boys are in, in right now, it's, the families are grieving and the nation is grieving, and, and, and we have to be there in grief because they are our boys. And we don't know why the Kurdish Baruch Hu takes people. We, we never know these answers, why he takes young people, why he brings what he brings. Our job is to sort of react and to trust. But I think that ultimately, if we were able to realize as a nation that we lost weight this week, we did, we, we changed. We, and, we got into better spiritual shape. Exactly. And, you know, if three boys, you know, Noah Weinberg would always say that if one man can kill six million... And one man can save six million. Right. And if three boys can unite a nation in death, that means that, that just a few people can unite a nation in life. No question. And I think that's the takeaway, at least that I'm taking now, is that we can never go back. We can never go back to divisiveness. We can never go back to we're separate again. If, if, if the boys really, if we really want their legacy to live on, it's not anything other than they, in their sacrifice, united a people. And that is the greatest... I mean, if, if, if we could realize that it's not God's mind that needed to be changing, it's our minds that needed to be changing. No and maybe we couldn't pull it off enough in time, and maybe we, did, we weren't worthy this time to bring back our boys. But if we, if we, if we remembered them through remembering what we felt like when we were going through this and how all of us, and you're right, all of us, like, it's crazy. I mean, like, the amount of people that, you know, on, on Facebook I have a whole bunch of friends, and they're all very diverse. And the amount of Jews that are, are, are sending around texts and posts, it's, I've never seen it in my whole life. It is like, unbelievable. Right? Have you ever seen this before? No, it's, 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 it's remarkable that... People who would, would react to nothing, people who would, who would never react to anything Jewish and just felt like this was hitting them right in the heart. Right. Do you know the story with Yossi Lapid? Not Yossi, the, the, the current MK Lapid. Oh, Yair Lapid. Yair Lapid. Yeah, we spoke. We spoke. Mom, did, you ever, did you hear what she said to her? Go ahead. You know, you know the, Yair isn't necessarily the most religious guy. Correct. Obviously, his party is, is, is sort of... Yeah, we spoke We spoke to Dove Lippmann a few minutes ago, so we were discussing his role, oh, it, yeah. meaning Yair Lapid's role in the funeral yesterday. Go ahead. So he's... I don't know if this is... You know, I'm, I'm sure you may have heard this before, mm-hmm. but he told the mom, one of the boys' moms, that when he found out about it, the first thing that he did right. was he went to his house and searched for his grandfather's sitter. Right. I mean, that's just like right. crazy stuff. Yeah, that's that was like, a very, very, and, and Dove Whitman, uh, clarified for us that, that he does David once in a while, meaning Yair Lapid will pray, but this was the first time that he wanted to participate in a formal prayer service with a Sidor, and that was the, you know, the revolution, so to speak, that this episode had in his own life.
Unbelievable. Right. Charlie. The thing that I will say is that yeah, I'm, I'm doing this myself, and I suggest this for everyone listening today. You know, I, you know, Rosh Hashanah, all this stuff is just destroys us. So every day, I'll tell you personally, as soon as there's one opportunity for me to do something that would be against our familyhood, maybe it's Rosh Hashanah or saying the wrong thing, my at one time a day that I have the opportunity to talk Rosh Hashanah or to do something that wouldn't be within the lines of of, of uh, Avas Avas uh, Achim. I hold back once and every day say, you know what, discuss these boys, that Lush and Hara that is not being said. And right. I think that if everyone just do one thing a day, whether it's stuck or just something to remind us that we're one people in honor of these boys, I think every candle that we light and every time we remember them, who knows if their, their memory and their death could be the stimulus for, you know, a revival this period of time so we can make this the last dish of ever. No question about it. Charlie, thank you so much for joining us and for your words of inspiration this morning. Thank you for having me. More coming up. It's Wednesday. That's Charlie Harari with us on a uh, Wednesday edition of JM in the AM.